Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is my favourite time of the year, Tory party conference. I have missed this so much. Now, the country, as you probably noticed, is in a bit of a mess. Universal credit cuts are looming. They're going to drive hundreds of thousands of people into poverty. The pandemic, very badly handled, I think many would argue, by the government, with catastrophic human consequences. Now, I thought I'd bring a bit of the real world here into this parallel universe, which is Conservative Party conference, and actually hold them to account on the impact of those policies. Now, do they know what the impacts of those policies are and how are they going to respond when I put it to them? I think we're going to find out. So, what do you want to ask? Best thing about being a Tory? Um, actually feeling like I'm going to be part of something bigger. Being able to know that we set out an agenda for everybody, that we want to make sure that we include everybody in it and that we say hard work pays. The principle of hard work, if you want to get on in life, hard work gets you there and effort and every opportunity. I interviewed you two years ago. Yes, of course you did. And I saw your jacket. I was like, yes! The best thing about a Tory, from my point of view, is that, it's, that it allows you to, have, to be an independent thinker. Free thought. I, okay. I do like to uh, be able to say uh, and speak frankly. Yeah, um, like now? Right now, yes. Oh, strawberry yogurt, lovely. The NFU stand, giving them away for free. Best thing about being a Tory? Uh, freedom. Freedom of the individual, without doubt. The freedom to um, follow a free market style economy. And I think free markets are the way in which we level up the whole of society. So we're going to get people back to work, we're going to level up, and I feel very positive about it. It's not the state's money, it's your money. I believe that the only sustainable route out of poverty comes from having a good job. It's not just the pounds it puts in your pocket. It's the sense of worth and self-confidence it gives you. Picture this, you're a young family. You work hard, saving a bit each month, but it's tough. You have ambitions for your careers, for your children. You want to give them the best, more than you had. Now you tell me, is the answer to their hopes and dreams just to increase their benefits? Is the answer to tell that young family the economic system is rigged against you and the only way you stand a chance is to lean ever more on the state? I love them and I do everything for them. So he spends 29 hours a week here. Constructing kitchen cabinets is his job, but Universal Credit helped him to make a living. And today he finished work, hoping to hear the Chancellor say it wouldn't be cut. I'm trying my heart, I'm trying very, very, my best. Keep working and keep working, keep working. 
And at the end, you feel like you feel tired. Because you're not going anywhere, like you punching this wall. Analysis shared with News at 10 shows how the number of working people in poverty has risen dramatically over the last decade, up by around 200,000 each year on average, now reaching over 8 million in total. How many people are going to be driven into poverty by the universal credit operating being taken away? I, 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 I can't answer that question because I, I don't know, but what I do know, my own family came to this country from India over 50 years ago, and we came here with, um, uh, you know, to better our future. It was soon after independence, and uh, we have been self-reliant. We haven't got, and we've done reasonably well. What is it, so? What, what is that? The answer to the 800? That is 800,000 people. They need, they need to be more self-reliant. I think the whole country should be more self-reliant, and we should be going for that. Now, I, I what do. About the 290,000 children. Oh, no, I'm just wondering because 290,000 children are going to be driven into poverty. What well, would you say well, to that? Well, well, it depends on your definition of poverty because it's all relative poverty. It's not actual uh, destitute poverty where they can't eat. Some some people will will be driven into a, a, a greater uh, hardship. Right. I mean, so rather than I mean, I feel we're bartering over how utterly no. skinned people will become. But, 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 but do you think but, the government should just not just not do it, and then they won't be? I think we'd agree in hardship. I, I, I don't think uh, the government always said it was a temporary measure, and therefore I think it's their right to right to take it away. Uh, people have got to become more self-reliant. We can't base our economy on pe on people living off the state, and it's 100% true that people have to be able to make their own way. And, and in in the end, that will be the best way to get people out of poverty. The best way to get people out of poverty isn't to keep handing them cash grants from the government. I'm not, I'm not sure it's the government's job to really deal with poverty. Uh, as that, such. That, that's, so that's what the welfare state exists to do. That's why we founded it. But because it's a collective problem needing a collective solution. It, it, do, in the, it doesn't help people in the long term because, the, because of the social dependency that it, right. it has created. But I also think there are a lot of people who are not prepared to be given um, help themselves without being given a substantial leg up. I mean, how much do you think a single person over 25 gets on universal credit a week after the uplift goes? Well, I don't really know. I can't say I've gone into Have that. A guess. In, no, I'm not going to. I'll tell you, 75 quid a week. Could you live on 75 quid a week? I think I could live on 75 quid a week if I shared a lot of things. I don't smoke. Right. I don't go out drinking. I don't play bingo. Do you think people are often in poverty because they drink, smoke and play I bingo? I think a lot of people just are not good managers. Some people can't manage money very well. Some people can't manage their lives very well. I think a lot of things are bad money management. And you need to sit down with each individual and do a plan of your spending and see how you can economise. So you think it, people are poor because they don't spend their money properly? That's a leading question. Well, I'm just asking you what you're saying, that's all. I mean, I'm trying to... what what. You're saying it's money management, so I'm saying they're not spending their money properly. I'm just repeating back your answers in a different, different words, but the same, same answer. People, people need to sit down and work out their money. But, I mean, if they've got 20 quid less a week, that's just, objectively, they just have a lot less money to spend on their kids and then... One of the great debates of our time 
is about how much of your money should be spent by the state and how much you should keep to spend on your family. Let us never forget this fundamental truth. The state has no source of money other than the money people earn themselves. If the state wishes to spend more, it can do so only by borrowing your savings or by taxing you more. And it's no good thinking that someone else will pay. That someone else is you. There is no such thing as public money. There is only taxpayers' money. It's not the state's money, it's your money. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sadid, Owen Jones, good to meet you. How you doing? Owen, oh, I'm loving it. Oh, come on. Thank you. It's a democracy. You've got to let Jonas speak to ministers. We are speaking at him. Well, I'm, I'm trying to speak to him. Very aggressive. Sorry. Uh, Nadim, sorry, it's Owen Jones here. Hello. How many children, just quickly, how many children are going to be driven into poverty by the Universal Credit? I will come back and talk to you. Will you though? Because lots of other ministers keep running away. Just quickly, how many how many people will be driven into poverty by the universal credit uplift? Liz, Owen Jones, Guardian, how are you doing? Oh, no, I'm very well. How, how are, are you? you? Very well. How oh, many people I'm are going to be drawn? To... How many people I'm are going to be driven into poverty by? No, hey! I'm trying to talk to Liz. Liz, how many people are going to be driven into poverty by the universal credit uplift being scrapped? How many? Guess. Go on. You must know, you're a minister, cabinet minister. Yes, it's very nice to see you. I know, you've got to answer the question now, right? Uh, so, how many, how no, many people? I was going to say that um, you're from Stockport. How many people are going to be driven into poverty by universal credit? So Believe me, this is home tariff, in a sense. Uh, including people in Stockport who I grew up with are going to be driven into poverty. So, how many overall, sorry, walked into you there? Well, I think when we look at poverty, I think we've got, it's important that we look at all of the factors that exist, but one of the sure. most important... Is I money. Think, well, I think... How much money people have to spend on things. So, how I many people... One, I think you'd be one of the most important is making sure uh -huh. that people have an opportunity to have fulfilling work. I agree. A lot of people are on in work on oh, universal no, no, credit. Oh, no, of course, and to uh -huh. have dignity. But one of the things, again, about uh, our reliance on benefits, and, of course, at different times in all our lives, right. we may face mm -hmm. tough and uh, how many people, tough though? circumstances. You've not said how many people. How many people? Well, you're a government minister. You must know. I think how many people? I think the most important thing is mm -hmm. when you're thinking about poverty, making sure that you create pathways. How many people, Michael? And that you deal both with the reasons why people find themselves at least in difficult circumstances. Do an estimate. Do an estimate. Well, again, uh, because we're in a dynamic situation, because we it's, have right. a dynamic Damn labour it. market, you sound like David because the changes. Michael, not a government minister. Come on. How many people? Well, I, I, I hope I sound more like this week, David Willits than David. No, eight hundred thousand is the answer. Do you think that's acceptable? Well, I think it's a, an abstract figure. What do you mean an abstract figure? That's real human beings, Michael. No, uh, the, each individual's case matters, each individual's right. set of circumstances so, matter. But the more important thing is to say, how can we ensure that people who uh -huh. are currently uh, in a position where they sure. rely on welfare to supplement but That's their often because their wages are too low. Yeah, and that's why we need to increase wages. Well, I agree, but oh, off he goes. Um, I think we should increase the wages that we offer oh, to agree. people. You know, I personally think if you've got somebody working for you, you should be paying 20, 25 quid an hour. Should, should we make that by law? No, I think it's by conscience. I think it's, right. you know, I'm a conservative, but I don't want somebody I'm employing to have a rough life. Yeah. That's the way it is. So, I mean, a lot of people in work, as I say, are on universal credit because they're, they're, they just don't get paid enough to live. Well, I thought we had a basic minimum and working wage. 
we, we have a minimum wage, but you can't live, most people can't, you wouldn't be able to live on a minimum wage if no. you've got a family, would well, you? Well, perhaps there's an argument there for raising the minimum wage, I don't know. That would be good. But I certainly think that we have to try and increase wages across the board, yeah, make us a higher paid country in general, more like Switzerland um, as a general theme. I think that's a good thing. Rating people, paying people properly, I think those things matter. So maybe we should have stronger trade unions. If trade unions get more power, yes. Trade unions are, have been a force for good. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think the government should, could be doing more to uh, help in terms of uh, the structural adjustments that need to be made. What in, are they? In terms of negotiations, uh, for example. Strong trade unions. So should we get rid of the anti-trade union laws? Because we've got one of the most restrictive anti-trade union laws in the world. In the Western world, sorry, Western world. So surely we should just get rid of those, give trade unions more power to fight for more wa- wages. Then there's less money spent on the welfare state. I, I don't entirely disagree with you on that. Oh! So you're now a comrade. You want strong trade unions. Being a Tory, um, the uniform. No, um, I was say, why does everyone wear? There is a bit of a uniform. What is going on? Tell me. Um, I, well, I just think everyone just you know wants to put the effort in a little bit. I don't know. What do you think about nurses getting a real terms pay cut? Um, I mean, I think particularly after the year we've had, I don't really agree with that. I mean, they really should have, particularly as in what is it, inflation's going on about five yeah. percent. That's now. why I said real terms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. You know, I, 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 would, I, I would personally like to see it a 5-6% pay, pay increase. I think it's what they deserve. Um, I was surprised. That's good. You're going further than Labour there. 
Well, it's embarrassing I'm, for I'm, Labour, isn't it? Valedictory delegate to the left of I'm, Keir Starmer. I'm, I'm, I know. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm in, that wouldn't be hard. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, but I mean, I'm, you know, I, 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 this is well. This is my first conference. So I like to somewhat speak my mind about certain things. Yeah. No doubt that'll get me in trouble at some point. Oh, a MAGA hat. Here we go. Hello. Here we go. How many people are going to be driven to poverty by the withdrawal of the universal credit uplift? Uh, sorry to sound really stupid, but I'm not really sure, and I'm not particularly keen on gutting welfare for the sake of it, if I'm being honest. So what do you think, universal credit, they should reconsider? Possibly, yeah. depends on how bad it's going to be in the long term. Like, if it's going to hit a lot, especially a lot of the Red Wall voters, I don't think that'll be a smart idea. It'll be just, like, taking your gun to your foot, I suppose. Pandemic. How have the government handled the pandemic? One very bad, ten very well. Um, I'll say five. Mainly just the stuff on the vaccines, I think they've done very well. Do you think they've handled it, um, they could have handled it a lot better, especially with some of the double standards. I noticed Matt Hancock was over there a lot will go, and, you know... Was he over here? Yeah, he was just over there in, like, little corner. the little corner. Yeah, yeah, he might have just... I'm just surprised he could show his face around here. What the heck? Yeah, well... Like George Osborne and all these sort of neoliberal uses twats would. Pardon my French, sorry. Right. Matt, sorry, Owen Jones here. Guardian, yes. how you doing? Uh, I'm not doing Oh, Matt, come on. Do you regret sending people into care homes out of the early part of the pandemic? What would you say to the... the Matt, the, the parents of... The relatives of people who died in care homes, what would you say to them? Matt? A lot of people... One in 14 care home residents died of COVID in the first three months of the pandemic. What would you say to the relatives of those people? You're not going to talk about that? Okay, fine, great. How would you rate the government's handling of the pandemic from 1 to 10? I think they did a pretty good job. Considering, considering. 10 is the best. I would say definitely strong 8. 7. 7? 9. 9? Yep. (laughs) Why do we have such a bad death toll compared to so many other countries? Perhaps because we have too much obesity, I don't know. We've got all sorts of long-standing problems in terms of long-term health problems that, were pro- that might have been exacerbating factors. Our population density is different. Why do we Our have more long-term health Because we're all, we're all eating too much ice cream and getting too fat, and one of, uh, one of many. To harp on the idea that it's the government's fault, that there's a high uh, um, a death rate in this country compared with some others. Well, it's just they run the country uh, and they're in charge of the pandemic response. Well, depends what you mean by run, doesn't it? Have you tried being a politician? <laughs> it's possible, I know you might expect me to say this, but it is possible that uh, there is a sort of group in society which tends to have more self-destructive habits. I think the government's handled the pandemic terrifically well. You asked for number number one to ten. I'll give it eight, frankly. Eight. You also have to look at individual responsibility. There are lots of people who who really didn't follow government guidelines. I'm not saying that's the the reason. The studies show overwhelmingly people did. And that's that's a good thing. Because it just seems like the public are to blame, not the government. When the government are in charge and the public aren't in charge. I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying that the government has much to answer for in terms of the success of the vaccine programme. I think it was fantastic. Well, so the, the NHS did a great job. And the yeah, NHS, they did. fantastic job. It's just but, uh, it's just know. odd that we have such a, an amazing response and yet one of the worst death tolls. I think that if you're talking when you're talking about the death toll, um, it, it's not a black and white. We must remember that a lot of people who died had uh, medical problems anyway, and uh, uh, COVID was implicated because they had caught COVID in the last 28 days. They were, they were 
and, and we've got a fairly ageing population. We have, it was 150,000 so, 150, excess deaths, so that's deaths above. I mean, just because they have medical conditions, well, when you they're, say they're, they're excess human deaths, I think that's arguable. No death is acceptable. No, but, but excess COVID, deaths is just above the five-year average, so it's just the best possible way of estimating. I mean, just because they have, yes. lots of people have underlying health conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, nobody really knows whether, in a lot of cases, exactly whether COVID caused the death or whether it was because they had another medical problem. That's why we use excess deaths, because excess deaths Well, yes, but, but you can calculate that. But all I'm saying is, I, I think we're trying to be a bit too exact with the, with the figuring. The problem I have is that if I was to give a rating based on um, the, the benefit of hindsight, it won't be as high as I think that... I mean, I think they did very well on the um, vaccination front. But no government's had the benefit of hindsight, but in other countries, less people died. Well, I, I don't think... Well, it depends on your definition of death. If you're talking about... Dying! Hold, My no, definition of no, death is dying. No, 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 hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I'm talking about the statistics. You're talking about statistics here. Yeah. People are dying for all sorts of reasons. Excess deaths. Let's go on excess deaths. About well, 150,000. Well, I'm, I'm not sure that's necessarily all down to COVID. Why have excess deaths just means people who died? I know what excess death means. So how can that not be? Because what, what else has happened? I, 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 I don't actually know. Uh, but what I'm saying is that uh, the definition of COVID deaths is that people who have died within 28 days of being tested positive. I'm going, that's why I'm going off excess deaths to avoid this well, particular I, I, conversation. I, I, don't know. I, I have not looked at the data and I don't know. That in the sense there were a lot of people who caught COVID who either caught it um, and who were going to unfortunately passed away shortly afterwards anyway because because people they were keep saying this here. I have to just stop here because people keep be saying this but why I'm going on excess deaths okay so excess, excess deaths, deaths are higher yeah they, they certainly are high excess deaths are certainly yeah, high that's a lot by the way excess deaths would be much more if we hadn't have left the EU and had a great vaccine rollout program well, that's certainly if true if we only compare excess deaths to other European countries true. we don't come out but, well compared to some other countries but you ask me why deaths are high I mean we had a pandemic that no one could have ever anticipated Germany didn't anticipate it why did they have less deaths? Well, see, do we know how they're reporting it? That's the question. We don't. We don't know about the reporting. So you think of their the deaths. German government are no, covering up their deaths? No, I don't. But I think that we can. We're not comparing like with like. Excess I think deaths. That, I think the fact is that each country has its own way of measuring and reporting these things. Excess deaths and is just. And we're, a, not, we're no, not. Excess deaths is a. Excess deaths you can compare like and like. Well, uh, you know, we have to also look at the figures and see what we can trust and what we can't trust. My, oh, we often Hello, my darling. Just quickly, quick video. We often, we've often sparred on television, but always yeah. gone well. I think we're mates though, aren't we? Oh, best pals. So, in the spirit of our friendship, how many people are going to be driven into poverty by the Universal Credit <laughs> Odd coming? No, but how many? How well, many? I... Guesstimate. Nobody. Nobody is. Nobody's no, been no, driven no, into poverty? Because... No, no, I mean, of course not. Because what 000. we're doing, right. what we're doing is right. giving people a step out. How? By taking by 20 quid a week? lifetime skills yeah. guarantee. That's not going to help. All the money That's not going to help in here and now. In the this, this way. Lovely to see you. Oh, all right. See you, see you in a bit. Take care. Oh, so it's Owen Jones. Hello. How are you doing? Right. Well, what I was going to ask you is... Yes. How many people are going to be driven into poverty by universal credit uplift being scrapped? Well, it was always a temporary uplift, and that's why no impact assessment was done when we knew that it was temporary. Right. But people are going to be driven into poverty, aren't they? Well, I would say that we are investing in the plan for jobs. Right. We've also got the household but support fund. They're all um, universal credit in work. That's what right. To them? So that's why we want to try and see what's going on, what it is that we can do to help people with the skills so they right. can absolutely take advantage of higher paid jobs. So 
But those people are in low-pay jobs, a lot of them. They can't afford to live on those wages. So what will happen with them? Well, that's why universal credit helps about people in work. But as I say, we want to try and get a few more skills, uh, get people really trained up so they can take advantage of the growth in this economy. Annie, on that, nice to see you. You But I'm afraid I'm going to go and join some other people. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We often hear this talk about a new working class, blue collar conservatism, but the underpinnings of Tory ideology, of course they haven't changed. That idea that people are poor, they're struggling, their lives are hard, not because of the way society's run, but because of those individuals' own bad choices, their own behaviour, they spend money on the wrong things, they can't budget, and so on. And the delusion that exists here is palpable when it comes to the pandemic, one of the worst death tolls on the face of the earth because of the government's own mishandling of it. And yet, they feel pretty cocky, triumphalist even, because they don't think they're going to lose power. And as things stand, they have no reason to think that. And that has to give a lot of us some very big pause for thought. You have a contract yeah, I do. with a I, national newspaper yeah. worth £250,000 a year. Chicken fee, yeah, OK. Chicken right. fee? Now, listen, let's be... Let's be um, no, Do you think most frivolous. people in London would regard it as chicken food, no. particularly at a time of, of economic there, recession, yeah, that you're earning £250,000 on the side as a newspaper? Well, I don't. I don't. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you found that informative, educational, uh, interesting, and I certainly did. Uh, do support us on Patreon to keep the show on the road, uh, forward slash Jones 84 Leave us some stars, that'd be nice. Spread the word. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. <laughs>